Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Uh, here we are. We are live. Sorry for the pause, folks. I just had to make sure we're live because uh, Facebook land is not liking me this morning. <laughs> it kicked my first guest off this morning three or four times and luckily jumped back on. But welcome, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska show version two coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. And we have an awesome guest today, none other than Jim Minery, who's on the board for uh, convention. Yes. Jim, welcome to the Must Read Alaska show. Thanks so much. Good to be here, John. Well, I'm super excited you're here. I think that this is such an important thing for folks um, to at least get some more understanding of. I think that um, even folks in the political bubble of Alaska, this is this, you know, it's not something we have to deal with every year. It's something every 10 years. So explain to folks what the Constitutional Convention is, because I think even for myself, I'm learning about it, even, you know, I feel like every day. And I would say the majority of folks, especially folks maybe that moved to Alaska in the last couple of years, they don't even know what this thing is. So explain to us what it is in the first place. You bet. No problem. So I'm on the steering committee of a group of Alaskans formed called uh, Convention Yes. It's the campaign that we're running. And what we've realized over the last decade, I would say, is that there's just a lot of problems going on down in Juneau that need to be fixed uh, that the legislature just hasn't um, been able to fix, whether by, um, you know, on purpose uh, or uh, just dysfunction. Um, things like the PFD, things like the budget, um, things like spending caps. There's just been um, too many uh, court rulings um, in addition to the dysfunction of the legislature where we're grateful that our founders back in 1955, the Alaska the original uh, Alaska state constitutional convention, they put together an article in our state constitution that gives Alaskans the ability to make adjustments or to revisit the constitution um, to determine whether or not we need to make any changes or if everything is, is, uh, is good. Uh, since that time, there really has never been a campaign for or against a constitutional convention. It's always just been kind of a nothing sandwich. Um, most people don't even remember voting yes or no. Um, but this year, um, the 10-year uh, the period uh, where we will be voting in on the November election, Alaskans need to vote yes because uh, we have to be able to take advantage of the opportunity once a decade to be able to revisit some of these things. And, and, and what, what the other side, the folks that call themselves defend our constitution, which is ironic because the constitution, our constitution, has that provision for Alaskans to vote whether or not they should have the constitutional convention. And we believe that that was a good thing because all the power rests in the people. That's how all constitutions in, this, in the United States, including our federal constitution, provide people an opportunity to adjust things and revisit things. 
And so what would happen, there's basically three votes that occur. The first is every 10 years, Alaskans vote on whether to have a convention. That's what we'll be voting on in November. If we're fortunately able to get across that finish line, then the second vote of the people is simply to say, who are going to be the delegates? And likely that'll be about 60 people across the state of Alaska, everyday people like you and I. It's funny because in the original delegation, there were three pastors, several Mm -hmm. plumbers, people who owned uh, retail um, outlets. There were a few few, um, lawyers. Uh, there were uh, librarians. It was just a really interesting. It wasn't uh, all professional politicians. No, it was a normal mix of people, which is what I think should happen. And so that would be the next step. If we are able to get to the yes vote, uh, 50% plus one in November. So before, before we go into those steps, let's talk a little bit about why you think it's important for folks to vote yes. What? Let's dive into some of those kind of key issues that I think are super important for conservatives, but also just important for Alaskans in general. What are some of the things that Convention Yes is talking about for the reasons why it's going to be important to vote yes on that? I think the number one thing that has animated the most number of Alaskans and the reason why we are pushing so hard is the PFD. And I say that not necessarily taking a personal stand on whether or not we should have the statutory PFD, or whether even the PFD should go away. I mean, I I have people that are voting yes because what they've realized is that since Bill Walker in 2015 decided that the legislature can spend your PFD better than you as an Alaskan, it's been the 10,000-pound elephant in the room down there that has prevented so many things from happening. It's been a logjam and the, the legislature has just fought and fought and fought and used it as, um, as a wedge to not get any good thing done, including our budget, um, because of the PFD and, and the disagreements people have. The reality is that there is a statute in place. For 30 years, we've had a very specific formula. It doesn't matter um, if you're for or against the PFD, if you're rich or you're poor, if you're Democrat or you're Republican or progressive or conservative, you got a chunk of change because we don't have subsurface rights in Alaska. If you're living in Louisiana, North Dakota, Texas, and you happen to be sitting on a chunk of land that has oil, you can become a multimillionaire. The people that put together the permanent fund and the permanent fund dividend check said, well, we're not going to do that. But what we are going to do is give individual Alaskans a dividend very much like a corporate dividend to say, we're going to give people a small chunk of change based on the fact that we all share ownership of that uh, resource. And so that's, I would say, because of not necessarily all the people wanting a full PFD, it's even people that don't necessarily have a, a huge opinion on the PFD, but they see it as being something that has caused the legislature to become dysfunctional. Because it became political when Bill Walker made that decision in 2015. It was never political before. It was, it was numbers. It was based on the investments of the corpus, and, uh, and the corpus was never spent. It was just the earnings from the uh, investments. And so that, I believe, is what animated the most number of people to say, we've got 
to step up and be the adults in the room. We have to be able to say either uh, it is the statutory um, obligation or it's an obligation of, uh, uh, of the original intent or the original founders of the permanent dividend, which is to say everyone gets a certain percentage, or it goes away or we give it all in one big chunk. We don't know exactly what would come of the, the, um, the convention on the PFD, but what we do know is that we can't continue to go legislative session after legislative session, <coughs> excuse me, um, using the PFD as a political football to stop all activity. And that's what animates the most number of people. So this has got to just freak out and scare the folks that are <laughs> want big government, want to use the permanent fund to fund just everyday operations in government, capital projects in government, bigger budgets in government. And so they see this as like probably, holy crap, they're going to they're gonna make it so we can't use this to subsidize our day-to-day operations. And what are some of the things that the other side is saying? Because just like how there's a convention, yes, there's a defend, whatever their name is. And they're, you know, our side, it seems to be focused on opportunity, the convention yes side. I say our side, I'm not involved in convention yes in any formal way. I just am going to vote yes on the convention. Um, but I think a lot of folks that are pro voting yes are for an opportunity. It's a positive thing. It's a let's uh, come together to see if we can make Alaska even better. The other side is operating a lot out of their message is fear. And so talk to us a little bit about what the other side is saying and um, are they slinging lies? Are they slinging just fear? Um, you know, tell us what they're saying and, and maybe why some of it's not true. Well, I mean, the first thing that every Alaskan should know is that the number one group funding the Defender Constitution no side is a group called the 1630 Fund. And I didn't know who they were until I, I, I found out that they were the number one donor because they have to advertise as such because of the way APOC regulates it. But the 1630 fund is the largest progressive, liberal, dark money source in the United States. And in fact, when I first did the research on the 1630 fund, the three articles that came up on who they are were from the New York Times, Politico and The Atlantic. Three liberal groups and all three of those organizations identify the 1630 fund as dark money. And it's funny because it's like, you know, eating our own. Um, why would the liberal groups go after a dark liberal funding source? And I thought that was interesting. And the reason is, is because for decades, the liberals have attacked the Koch brothers for being the dark money source. And what those articles say about the 1630 fund is that you guys are now leading the charge as liberal dark money. And they're basically saying we're against dark money no matter what. So the first thing is that the big money behind the no convention is a group that opposes resource development in Alaska. They um, oppose your Second Amendment gun rights. And I don't have to. That's not just speculation. You look to the 1630 funds um, revenue allocations. They spent, by the way, in 2020, the latest numbers, they spent $400 million, half a billion dollars roughly, across the United States to oppose resource development, to oppose Second Amendment rights. And ironically, one of the deceiving ads that they are paying for that many have maybe heard is that if we vote for a constitutional convention, Alaskans could lose their Second Amendment rights. 
And I find that uh, interesting because they, in fact, want Americans to lose their Second Amendment rights because that's what they fight for. But they, they're thinking the Alaskans can be fooled by thinking, oh, my gosh, if we open up a constitutional convention, we might lose our gun rights. Well, first of all, that's a federal right. So it's not possible for any state constitution to limit that. Um, and so it's deceptive on many levels. We can't take away your gun rights. It would never happen in the first place because Alaskans love their their Second Amendment rights. But the, the source that's telling us that is one that's actually really opposed to our Second Amendment rights. So they're playing us like a fiddle. And the other part I think that's deceptive about their ads is that um, they really keep on hounding the fact that if we pass the convention, um, constitutional convention vote uh, in November, then all of a sudden everything changes in our constitution. Everything is open. Well, yeah, there's that's factual in that we will address every part of the constitution, but there are many votes ahead of time or before that, before that happens. So the first vote is the uh, the convention. Then the second vote is for who becomes a delegate, just regular everyday Joe people across the state that decide, yeah, I want to be a part of this monumental moment to address our constitution and see what's good and see what's wrong and see what's right. And, and, uh, and then the third vote is after they get together as a convention for 60 to 90 days, likely in Fairbanks, because it won't be in Juneau because it's not road accessible. Um, then the people once again get to vote on every single one of the proposed amendments. So the convention itself has absolutely no power. The people have the power. Yeah, because everything, everything the convention comes up with has to go in front of the people at the end of the day for a yes or a no vote. Is that correct? And it also has to get through the convention. And that's what I tell people is like, can you imagine a room of 60 people all across the state? And they have to get at least 50% of those 60 or so people to say, you know what, I think Alaska should lose their gun rights. I think that they would probably be mocked in that room and they would probably be dismissed as a whack job. And there might be one or two people in that group that would say, I don't think we should have gun rights. Well, it won't get out of the delegate uh, vote because it has to get 50% of the people. So those things that that, the, that, delegate, uh, that delegation decide um, that, okay, by a 50% or greater margin, those delegates then come up with the proposed amendments. And then ultimately that goes to the people of Alaska, then make the final decision, their third vote as to whether or not it happens. And it ultimately, who knows, we may not um, get any amendments passed. I'd, I'd like to think that there's a few things in the constitution that are worth addressing and maybe changing, but ultimately the people decide. And that's the part that is um, that is the part that is, I think is so deceptive about the other side is that they do not want the people to know that this is the people's constitution. And we oh, yeah. ultimately have to say, they, they're, they're like, they're Oh crap. To- the people are going to have power for, you know, a moment. We can't have that. We got to do whatever we can to make sure that that's doesn't right. happen. That's why the legislature, uh, you know, is so grateful for being down in Juneau away from the majority of the population and talk about dark room back deals. That's what the legislature does every single session, not only behind actual closed doors, but they're sequestered in this little teeny community of Juneau where everyday Alaskans can't get to. And so the fear that um, all these dark money backroom deals are going to 
take place at a convention is exactly opposite of what happens currently right now in the Alaska legislature. So in the end, people have to make a decision when they vote no or yes on the convention. Do they trust the legislature or do they trust the people of Alaska? If you trust the people of Alaska, then you have to vote yes on the convention. So, Jim, how does somebody find out more about um, what you guys are doing for Alaska? Yes. Do you guys have a website, a Facebook? Tell me about where somebody can find more information out or, you know, tell their neighbor to go check out or their mother-in-law or their sister. Go to conventionyes.com, conventionyes, no space, conventionyes.com, and you'll see what we're all about. It's basically a very small group of Alaskans, myself included, that are on the steering committee. And yet we're, we're reaching out now. We don't have a lot of money. I mean, that's definitely something that we need is more individual Alaskans to give 10, 20, 50, $100, whatever they can afford to help us get the message out that it's time to have a conversation. And that's ultimately what a constitutional convention is, is a conversation. I had a debate the other day on public media with Matt Shekaro, who's the convention yes uh, spokesperson. And I'm going to debate him again uh, on another forum later next week. But you know, he, he was saying, you know, Alaskans should have these conversations, um, but we shouldn't open up the convention because then the entire thing opens up and who knows what will happen. And I said, Matt, you know what, what you just said is exactly all we're asking for. We want a conversation. I think it's good. It's the reason why the founders put that in the Constitution was to say, we should give the people an opportunity to look at our Constitution. What has changed about our culture, about our economy, about um, you know, political uh, realities in our state? Let's look at the Constitution and don't be afraid of that. That's the part that's so amazing to me is that on one side of their mouth, the, the no on convention people are saying, we love our Constitution. Leave it, as, leave it alone. Defend it. And then on the other side, they're saying, but we can't trust the people. The, the Constitution was written by the people for the people. So they're afraid of the people. We're not. Well, I like that. I think that uh, for folks that are hearing about this for the first time or maybe you haven't decided where you land on this, please go check out um, uh, what Jim said is the website, which is or conventionyes.com, right, Jim? Conventionyes.com. Dot com. Yeah. Nice. And the Facebook page, I think, is similar. Just type in convention, yes, in Facebook, and you'll find it there. And I yeah. and I think it's a great opportunity for folks that maybe otherwise wouldn't be involved in a political process to get involved. And I hope that enough people vote yes so that we can have it because, man, how cool is it going to be to be a part of that process of something that our kind of founders of Alaska uh, drummed up and thought, well, every 10 years we should, we should at least look at this again. And it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be messy. And I think that that's the nature of, um, humans and, and, uh, the process might be drawn out. It might take a couple years for folks to agree on stuff, to get it on the ballot, to get it passed, to put it into law. But I think it's, uh, a unique opportunity that I hope enough people, uh, find intriguing enough to vote yes, because one side, uh, the side that Jim's involved in is is um, offering opportunity and hope, and the other side is offer, offering fear of the unknown. And so we'll have Matt, Matt Shukro will come is coming on the show on Wednesday, and uh, he'll tell us all about um, his side of the story. So we'll hear about that. But um, 
folks, I really hope you check this out. Jim, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, man, I really appreciate what you're doing. And, uh, you know, wish you nothing but success. And I hope that uh, we'll get 50% plus one. Amen, brother. Thank you very much. You're a good friend and uh, look forward to crossing paths here again very soon. Okay. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it.